0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Encounter with God Together. I'm here with my friend Gil Roland today, who is a uh, pastor and a chaplain. He's a, a visitor in the Army. Uh, army. Oh, let's start over. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I am a chaplain at, 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 at the prison chapel.
0: I know. I wanted to say prison, and for some reason I said Army. Uh, I did have a concussion a week and a half ago, so I'll just blame that. <laughs> All, all right. Take one, two, three, and welcome everyone to another episode of Encounter with God Together. I'm here with my friend Gil Roland, who's a, a pastor and a chaplain in a local prison. He He's worked with prisoners and he encourages people uh, all over the county, really. And Gil's a, a regular on the show. And Gil, it's great to have you back again.
1: Gil, thanks so much for having me. It's a, it's a blessing to be here and to share the word of God um, with the family today. Thank you.
0: You're welcome, and I'm Gail Martin, president, and this is our weekly podcast where we review the uh, readings for the week ahead in this it's Encounter with God Daily Bible Reading Guide, uh, which you can get online um, at our website, either in either in your email or to your. Um, you can get. What is wrong with me tonight? <laughs> I, I got to start over again. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Oh my gosh! I think it is the concussion, honestly. Um, I think
1: it's. I think it's nine o'clock on a Sunday night, and we're tired. I think yeah,
0: maybe, night. maybe. I don't know, but okay. One, this is going to be the last one, I promise. No problem. One, two, three. Welcome everyone to another episode of Encounter with God Together. I'm happy to be here with my good friend uh, Gil Roland, who is a chaplain in a local prison system. And uh, he visits and encourages people. He's
1: also a pastor. Gil, it's great to have you here. Gil, thanks so much for having me. It's a blessing to be here to share the word of God um, with the family. I call it your group, the family. So it's it's always a blessing to to share. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And for those of you just tuning in, I'm Gail Martin, president of Scripture Union. And each week we do this weekly podcast to review the upcoming readings in our daily Bible reading guide, Encounter with God, which you can uh, see on our website. Um, Gil, I don't know if you have paid attention, but we are, um, currently going through a series of NFL coaches who read the encounter with God, uh, study. And we have uh, a couple more to go and, um, we're taking a break. It's training camp week. So everyone is, is, uh, fully engaged. So I'm glad that you, uh, were available to, to kind of mark this
1: middle time here. So. Thank you. Yeah. And it's been a blessing to hear the podcast with them as well. I'm a big, football fan. I'm an Eagles fan. And uh, just being able to know that the NFL has men of God that are working with these young men and sharing the word of God and knowing that that's going on. And what a big audience to be able to share their faith like that. It's amazing. I just wish you all the best in the journey with them and that they continue to come come back because it's, it's a real blessing for a lot of people.
0: It's awesome. Yeah, it's totally been amazing and and really gratifying to get to know them and their heart off the field. Yep. Um, so and it, of course, it helps me, you know, to have. I'm obviously an Eagles fan also, but it'll give me something else uh, to pay attention to. And and the consolation prize will be good <laughs> if we if we don't go all the way. Um, so, Gil, you're continuing on in the series that we've been in in Job. So I'm just going to pray for you and let you get going.
1: Thank you so much,
0: Father. I do pray for Gil. I pray for Uh, your Holy Spirit to speak in and through him as he continues the passages that we've been reading through in Job. And uh, speak to each one of us who are listening and reading along this week by your Holy Spirit. Show us things that we haven't seen before. Teach us um, through your word more about you and more about ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Gail. Thank you so much. So we're picking up um, really the beginning of Job chapter 17, although I just want to read the last two verses of Job 16 um, in verses 21 and 22, where he said, On behalf of a man, he pleads with God as a man pleads for his friend. And then he says, Only a few years will pass before I go on the journey of no return. He's just really hurting, you know, just in a lot of pain. And he's looking for comfort. He's looking for help. And we see Job with his wife and these three so-called friends, call them so-called friends because they're supposed to be comforting him and helping him. And they're doing the opposite, you know? And as I started thinking through this, I'm going to go through the, the, the week's lessons and then stop in Friday and really focus on Friday's lesson at the end. But I wanted to begin asking, uh, Gail and I just talked about this actually before the, the broadcast to say how many close friends do you have? And Gil, you, you shared, uh, you were careful to not point out a number. You said several, I, is that what you said? Yeah, I have a handful, I would say. A handful a handful, you handful. Used. Yeah, handful, a handful. And these are a handful of friends. If you could elaborate a little bit, you say you've been with them for how long?
0: Yeah, many of these friends I've been with through a Bible study group uh, that we've, we've been going through for decades, Um And then I have some friends from my, from even dating back to my childhood uh, and high school days. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I know as we talked, it's unusual to have a handful and I feel very grateful uh, to God that I, that I do have those people in my life.
1: Amen. It's funny you use the word childhood friends. It's amazing how many of us, how many of us are closest, closest friends or even kids that we grew up with, or some of us, it's our cousins. Because a lot of times yes. growing up, it was your cousins or your, you know, somebody that you knew growing up, what became like your best friend, you know? What I mean? Yeah.
0: And I didn't even count my cousins. So,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's when we were growing up, our cousins were our friends because that's, that's how, how it was. You know what I mean? It's just how it was. It's a it's culture thing, too. But um, as I mentioned, most people either have zero to one, and that's a statistic a uh, friend that they can confide in, which is interesting and, and sad almost at the same time that you don't have that many people to confide in. But you want to believe that the friends that you do have, you know, that when the time comes and you're hurting and you're in pain and, you know, you really need comfort, that they will come through for you and comfort you, not destroy you and not, not berate yeah. you. And this is really what's going on here. It's just a really a crazy conversation. This poor man lost, you know, we know he, he lost his family, he lost his belongings, lost everything he has. And these three so-called friends, we'll call them, companions, come into his life. And instead of consoling him, they they do the very opposite. And this is where this picks up. So in Job chapter 17, we see him now lamenting because he just heard from his first friend, um, Eliphaz, uh, the the Terminite. And he said, this guy's supposed to be consoling me. And all he's doing is berating me. And he's mocking me. And he's, he's not comforting me at all. You know, and he even said in verse thirteen, he says, "Give me, oh, God, the pledge you demand." In a moment of surrender, he is saying, "I can't fix this, Lord. You, you do it. Do something. I, I can't even get help from my friends. Like this is crazy. Like what you know, what's going on here?" It's it's interesting. These so-called friends—they're looking at him because they think that he is in sin. That's the thing. They think, and we're going to see this in the next chapter as well, that that his has caught the root of his of what's happening to Job. Is because he did something wrong. But we know from the beginning that Job was called a just and upright and honorable and blameless man. God was very clear that this was, this was not about sin. Really, the, the bulk of this book is about it, it answers. It tries to answer the question, is God just? Mm. It's God just when things happen, when things go wrong, when things are not right. It Does it happen because we sin? Sometimes the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So sometimes it is. But sometimes it's not sin. Sometimes you're trying to wonder, Lord, did I do something wrong? Did I do something bad to deserve this? And it's not that. It's It's a journey that God sometimes puts us through that we may not understand. Maybe we will later. Maybe we may never understand, but we need to receive it and trust the Lord with it so he goes to this first conversation with eliphaz and then he you know who he gets berated, and then in job chapter 18 um so he he's in 17 he's responding back to his friend so-called friend eliphaz okay the terminate verse 18 after hearing this conversation friend number two comes in Bildad, the shoe, the shoe height okay now it's his turn to berate and he's enraged with Uh, Job's arguments and what he says. And he says, how dare you, you know, justify yourself? How dare you say that everything is right when you know that you've sinned? You know, the only way that this could happen, and he's being really stubborn in his remarks about what he did. And, you know, he's telling him, he's telling him how long. He said, the disease that you have in verse 5 to 21, you caused, you brought it on yourself. The drought happened because of this. You know, so he's just, I mean, it's just... Pounding the first friend comes in and punches him in the face, and the second friend comes in and punches him in the face again and punches him in the gut. I mean, it's crazy. Like I'm I'm just looking at this and I'm like, Job, you gotta get some new friends. Like you know, Yeah, I can't picture. It's it's bad. Like it's really, really bad. And and, and, and imagine this guy who this stuff just getting more and more and more and, and just trying to find breathing room from this. So verse 18, verse I mean, chapter 18, chapter 19 then joe replies back to that about his responses and he he talks to him and now and i'm going to read this i'm going to read verses 1 and 2 of 19 he said he says he says how long will you torment me and and crush me with your words 10 times now you have reproached me shamelessly you attack me like he's had it up to here with these guys like guys give me a break i'm suffering here i could really use a break and it's so much and you know As we read through this particular Job 19, we read him just going through and talking to God and talking to his friends and just feeling upset about all this. And we settle into verse 25. And that I would ask our audience to all turn to verse 25. It is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. Verse 25.
0: Me too. Me too.
1: Absolutely. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, He will stand upon the earth. That is such a wonderful promise of the word of God. And I have used that so much in my life and in my walk and in sermons and in funerals and in whatever you want to call it. I just really stoned out of that. I know that my redeemer lives. And this is the same kind of exclamation that Abraham had when Sarah was supposed to give a child and he's outside at night looking at the stars and there's no sign of a child yet. And he goes, I know that you're real. I know you're going to come through. And he finally does. And he gives him a son. But it's that same kind of exclamation. That he's screaming mm-hmm. out. He says, I know my Redeemer lives. I know he lives. I know he's real. What's really fascinating about this, Gail, what's really fascinating about this is he is saying, I know my Redeemer lives. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross. Right, yet. right. Yeah, that, that has to be. Jesus had not gone to the cross yet. Jesus had not even been born as a child to Mary yet. This is Job is one of the very, very first books of the Bible, not just here, of the Bible, like way before. If you look at how old it is, it's one of the, maybe the oldest book in the Bible. It's one of the original books in the Bible. And the Messiah had not come yet. And yet, even then, he knew in his heart. And I believe this is true of all men. I believe that even, you know, people who say they don't believe in God, which I find fascinating, by the way, I, that's just my own thing. I, I came across someone recently who told me, I, "I just so you know, I don't believe in God. And I said, wow. And he says, what's the matter? He says, I haven't seen that kind of faith my whole life. I said, what are you talking about? I said, I think it's amazing. I think you need a lot of faith to not believe. I said, I think you need some faith to believe, but to not believe, I think requires 10 times more faith than it is to believe. So I commend you. He was so confused by my, what I said. Well, think about it. Think about it. It's easier to, to say there is a God who created the universe, who created us. But to say that there's nothing there and that all this just happened, that takes faith. I mean, let me just tell you. that's Man, you can walk on water. That is crazy faith. So I say that about this. He knew in his heart, as all men, that there is there will be or would be a Redeemer. And he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And in the end, he will stand on the earth. So even then in his heart, he knew. And what a wonderful promise that we can stand and knowing that Christ in all things, even though we may not see it right away, that we can trust him, that our Redeemer lives every day. And we can trust him even in the most difficult of times.
0: Yeah, and and I love 27, you know, which is like it's not just that the Redeemer lives and will stand on the earth, but he's going to be there, too. You know, it's the resurrection.
1: Amen. I myself
0: will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, which is, you know, just remarkable.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. I thank God for Jesus every day, Gail. I really, really do. I mean, I right now it's been a a crazy couple of weeks and I got two two friends that are in hospice. Um, Oh, I love the Lord. Um, And yet, you know, trying to pray with him and trying to understand why these things are happening. And um, but to see their faith and to see their trust and to know that their redeemer lives and die, that they know that to be absent in the body, to be present with the Lord is such a wonderful, wonderful thing. It really, really is. You know, I and then about two, two weeks ago, excuse me, I did my cousin's funeral. Uh, wow. 20, a 30, 30 year old died in a motorcycle accident who did not know Christ at all, at all, mm-hmm. at all, at all. I hadn't seen him in 29 years. I hadn't seen him since he was a kid. And uh, no, I'd seen him like 25 years since he was like five years old. He disappeared off the face of the earth. And then all of a sudden his parents asked me to do the funeral service. And I said, did he know anything about God? He goes, no. Did he know anything at all? Like, did he go to church? And he goes, no, nothing. I had to do a service for someone who had never been introduced to Christ. And it was it was heartbreaking. It was horrible, horrible. Yeah. And everything was this, you know, the atmosphere was just so, oh, just deep and heavy. You know, unlike another one that I did where it was a celebration of life. That's what this is. As a matter of fact, this woman may be passing as I speak because she was due to pass tonight or uh, last night or or today. And all she said, she goes, don't you dare. You're going to do the service. She goes, don't you dare wear black. I don't want anybody wearing black. I don't want anybody crying. I want sings. I want celebration. And I want everybody wearing white, she said. (laughs) said, Because she knows her Redeemer lives. And she knows where she stands. And what a wonderful promise to have that. It really is. And Job had that. Job had that wonderful promise here, even in himself. And then the last one is um, Job 21. And we'll just settle here for, for the last minutes that we have here. Um, Joseph replied back to so far, and, uh, and he's listening carefully to the words, um, obviously not receiving the sympathy that he has, not receiving any of the, anything that he does. And this is something, Gil, this is a personal thing with me that happened a couple of years ago. I'd say it's probably been about 10 years ago. I was mentoring a lot of friends. I had a lot of friends. I, I have a lot of My wife says I have more best friends than anybody she knows because I, <laughs> I have a lot of friends. I'm really blessed that way. And I, I I myself probably have a handful of guys that I can say are really close. But I mentor on an average about 8 to 10 men a week that I call on a regular basis and I have um, accountability with. A lot of men. And I will tell you that for years there were some friends, they were called friends, that were not good to me. They weren't meaning they meet they may they mean they were meaning well, but I was getting criticized for things. When the COVID hit, I was criticized because I took the vaccine, and they thought it was not faith. I wore a mask. They said it was not faith. They said, "What kind of man of God are you?" Like I had that kind of criticism, mm. and I, I mean, I'm not going to compare myself to Job. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. going hey. to but it hurt, but it really, really hurt these, men, these other men of God that I've been with friends a long time. And there were just little things that were going on that were just, instead of encouraging, they were constantly doing stuff and, and things that were coming out of their mouths were berating other people. There was two men in particular that this was happening with. And then I heard a speaker say, uh, a, a really good speaker say, um, he believes that friends, it's okay that some friends are only meant to be in your life for a season. Mm. And that hit me really heavy. Like I started really thinking about that. And I said, wow. And he said, listen, he says, I'm not saying that you stop loving him. I'm not saying you're not there for them, but I think that some people are not healthy for you. They, they make you become someone you're not. They, 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 they they're, they're too critical of other people. And, and those people sometimes hate to let them go. And their seasoning your life as a close friend is done. It doesn't mean you're not there for them. You know what I did? That week, I took those two friends out to breakfast, and I sat down with them. I really did this. And I said, um, we're not gonna be really, really close friends anymore. Wow. And i just in their faces. I mean, they were just like, what, what's that? <laughs> I said, now listen, listen to me. I cannot not be your brother in Christ, because we're stuck as family. We both got the same father, and we love Jesus, that? Right? And if you need me at two in the morning, I will be there at two in the morning when you need me. But I don't want you in my circle anymore. I said, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to leave my circle and i will always be here for you and you should see how that the look on both of those men. i did it two separate times and Gil, i will tell you i'm still in contact with those guys not the way i was they're out of my circle and i live a much healthier and happy life wow I mean, I really that's, do. Really I that's a strong that thing you that share. that's a really strong thing to share yeah but i will tell you in the audience you think about people that are not encouraging to you that are not helping you that are bringing you down, you need to let go of those people. You really, really do. I'm not saying you need to stop loving those people. I'm not telling you you need to stop, you know, being a man of God or a woman of God to those people. I'm just telling you that in your circle, because we all have that circle, they don't have to be inside that circle to be friends. They just don't. And I say that to a lot of, i have shared that with a lot of people and people have done it. And it's been very freeing. You think Job should have let these three guys outside of his circle. That would have been the next step. <laughs> Once he got the blessing <laughs> at the end, he would, he would have sat around him at a dinner table and say, you know what guys, dinner's all me, but you're out of my circle. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to have you. I'm sure there's no way. Who would want friends like that in their inner circle. So I just think there is a season. I think there's a lot to be said about that. There really, really, really is. Um, I want to share uh, just a cup, one quote in one verse. Um, the quote is from Mark Twain. It says, "Keep away from people who try to belittle your ambition. People always do that, but the really great ones make you feel great too." Mark Twain said that, and I really believe that. I think that's a wonderful quote. Ooh. And then um, a verse from the Bible, from uh, the book of Proverbs 18:21, says, "A man of many friends." may come to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's the way it should be. You know, a real friend is there for you to encourage you. And the best kind of friends doesn't have to say anything. The best, Don't you think the best friends are the ones that just listen? You know what I mean? Like when you're going through a really bad time, they don't have to offer all kinds of wisdom to you. To me, the best friends are the ones who put their arm around me, the ones who pray with me, the ones who listen to my my heart and my pain. You know, when I lost my grandson at six months, I went to my best friend Steve. You know, all he all he did was weep with me and pray with me. That's all I needed. I didn't need him to come up with some crazy answer about why it happened. He was a real friend. He just he put his arm around me, he told me he loved me, he prayed with me, he left. Lo- I felt great. I felt great. That's a friend. That's my buddy. You know what I mean? That's what it's about. And I leave you with this. This is um. I'm going to read this through. This is from a hymn, the great hymn of the church. It's called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And the last part says, can we find a friend so faithful who with all our sorrows share? Jesus, those are every weakness Take it to the Lord in prayer. What am I trying to say? You can have all the friends you want. The best friend that you can have is Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's the best friend I got. And when all else fails and my friends may fail, We have a Redeemer who lives and who loves us and wants to hear from us every step of the way. And he will never let us down. He will always encourage us because he loves us. He created us. He's our Heavenly Father, and we're his kids. And I pray that today you will always make sure that Jesus is at the forefront. Before you go sharing it with all your friends, share it with Jesus. He's waiting at the cross for you to share your burdens. He says, come unto me, you that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Amen. So let me pray. Let me pray. Thanks. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord. Um, thank you so much for the for the word of God, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that you're blessing us and you're guiding us every step of the way. Thank you, Lord, for those that are hearing the sound of my voice. If they are in pain, if they're struggling with their friendships, if um, anything like Job, my like God, and the Lord, be with them and help them to have the right friends, to comfort them and to guide them and encourage them and be mentors and friends to them, Lord God. Thank you for the body of Christ. You, you encourage us to pray for one another. And that's what we're here for, Lord, to encourage and pray for one another, Lord. We'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks so much, Gail.
1: Gail, with your permission, one last thing. I didn't read 1 Corinthians 1, 8, and 9. It just sealed that. It says, Jesus will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has called you into fellowship with the Son of Jesus Christ. Our Lord is faithful. And that, that just seals it all up. You know, at the end, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And First Corinthians mm. um, just really pulled that together. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah, that's a lot good. Me, I really appreciate uh, being but a part of this. It's always
0: thing. a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And, um, and I'll be praying for you and your friends uh, in this season, which is hard. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: And we'll have you back again. Thanks so much. Bless everyone. Thank you so much.
0: Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye
1: like